0: Welcome to the world of Rex. I am Marvel A. Rex, and this is my world. It is also your world. In this podcast, we will discuss any and every topic imaginable, from socioeconomic political theory and philosophy to gender clowning to the occult sciences, y'all. It's going to be a wild ride. Strap in. Who am I? Who is Marvel A Rex? Well, I am a true Renaissance person. I do a little bit of everything. I am an artist, first and foremost, an actor, a writer, director, producer, philosopher, and yes, a cult practitioner. I am an astrologer of over 15 years. I am a student of the I Ching, and I am experimenting with my human design. And on that note, I deeply hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome. The world of Rex. Welcome, everybody. It is Marvelly Rex. This is the energies for March 14th to March 20th. I'm excited to announce that we are in transition. Lovely. I love transition. I love change, and that is what is happening this week, more so than normal. You're like, really? It's changing every week. But we are we're about to start cooking with gas as of the 20th of March, so this is very exciting. We're moving in to some fast times, high times at Ridgemont High, fast times at Ridgemont High. I'm also deeply excited to announce that I have a guest on today with me, so I'm going to give the weekly energies here and then... In a little bit, I'm going to keep it kind of short, actually, and then in a little bit we're going to talk to a guest, a special guest that I will announce when she is on. I am so elated to share with her, and I know that you are going to be very excited to hear what she has to share, so stay tuned for that. First and foremost, before we jump in to a juicy week, let me tell you, please feel free to check out my website marvelarex.com that's m a r v a l a r e x.com here you can get an astrology reading through the submission form at the bottom of the page you can also get basic coaching from me through all of my modalities i'm starting to open up human design reading charts which is super cool and i will be dropping a patreon page to give deeper wisdom and to talk a little bit more about um, specific things astrology go deeper with the astrology for those who are curious and just give you my overall take with lots of really like special patreon members only content where i can be a little bit more wild than i already am on this podcast (laughs) boy do i love to be wild so i'm gonna be wild on that so stay tuned for the patreon and uh feel free to reach me at my website to connect okay so let's take a peek at the energies ahead we start on march 13th with some really i want to actually before i go day to day i want to talk about a florence and the machine song it's uh shake it out shake it out some of you may know it she goes shake it out shake it out shake it out shake it out whoa (laughs) yes i'm singing to you on this podcast um welcome to your monday morning it's uh it's got this great line in it where she sings it's always the darkest before the dawn and that encapsulates the energy of this week. We are in a transition week from a very muddy, deep, like roiling river that is about to like burst forth into the ocean of fire, right? So we're moving from like water to fire, which are two opposite elements, you could argue. And there's going to be a little bit of steam. It's going to be a steamy week because water, when water meets fire, there's steam. So we're going to have a little bit of a steamy week as we transition from deep, roiling waters that are heating up and boiling into steam as we then hit this huge expanse of fire. I'm going to break it down in less abstract ways or less elemental ways. But I think just meditating on the line that Florence the Machine sings, which is, it's always the darkest before the dawn, is a great thing to meditate on this week. In fact, if you have access to it, I would listen to this song, and even better, I would dance to this song. Even if you don't really love Florence the Machine, I think just playing this song and, like, even rocking your head to it, feeling the intensity with which she sings it because she really does bring it. She really brings it when she sings. Taking a listen to this song this week will be, I think, very healing and sort of a grounding chord in some ways. Music is huge during Pisces season, so... We should always know that between February 20th and March 20th, music music is, like, elevated during this time of the year. So, again, take a peek. Take a peek at that song. I love it. It came to me so strongly when I was doing all of my studies for the week ahead. It is always the darkest before the dawn. So we really are at the tail end of a kind of energy that is very emotional, very artistic, very dreamy, a little bit all over the place, illogical nonlinear. It's a dream energy that I spoke about last week where we are, you know, deep in like visions for our future and we're having glimmers of hope in the midst of the shadow side of of this energy, which is getting caught in the deluge or getting caught in the deep end and feeling like, oh my God, you know, the, the shadow side of this energy is that you have all these dreams, you have all these really big dreams, and you're like, how the hell am I going to accomplish this? And then you just like go under, and you start to beat yourself up. There's a very strong energy of undoing or self-undoing that is sort of the more challenging side of this energy. So just keep that in mind, that if you can just stay in the, the visionary space and not feel like you have to act or figure it out, this is not really a time to figure it out. We're moving into a time... This is the transition period we're in this week. We're moving into a time where the dream can actually start to become a lot more tangible. And there's going to be a lot of that That fire energy is like cooking with gas, moving forward, making it happen. And that's beginning March 20th. So at the end of this week, you can start to really like put your backpack on, like door the explorer, like, you know, be like, I've got all my things. I'm ready to go on the hero's journey. It is the beginning of the new year in regards to pagan histories right vernal equinox is like boom spring begun begins the world begins after a major death of winter it is also the astrological new year so it's a really powerful time i always consider this time of the year the way that i function i always consider this time of the year the the actual new year i never think of january (laughs) january 1st is never the new year to me because it's the dead of capricorn season it is a serious time it's the winter on on most uh, in you know The East Coast, in large parts of the country, it is, like, just cold, frigid, and snowy. And it's not like, yeah, the world is beginning. It's usually like, oh, I gotta, you know, a lot of people do the, like, what is it, New Year's resolutions, which is very Capricorn, very serious. Um, The New Year begins now, March 20th, in in my opinion, because there's so much fuel. There is so much butane. The fire is coming. So this week, I want you to start to kind of, like, take the the visions that came to you between February 20th and now, the, like, really artistic, rich, deep, dreamy, sensual, watery visions, the dreams that you had, and start to, like, audit them and kind of start to simplify and, and do your final little bit of purging of, like, okay, I need to let this go. Okay, I need to let this go. This seems like it could be something. And write it down. And then know that as you're moving into March 20th, you're going to have a lot more energy that supports you to reach these dreams, to make these dreams realities, and then basically what I call them, like undreaming it. When you undream it, you make it a reality, right? This is what I spoke about last week. A dream, the the definition of a dream is that it is not tangible yet. But how do we undream it? How do we make it tangible? That's coming up in March, right? And definitely April and May. So just, you know, get your tools ready, your practical tools, your manifesting tools, and pick one or two of the dreams that feel or the inspirations that came to you and move forward with them into the week. Now, the reason I chose the reason I chose it's always the darkest before the dawn as some sort of meditation tool for this week is to remind you that the transition between seasons, so this is winter transitioning into spring. The days right during the transition can feel really hard, um, especially on a collective level, because the collective often reflects l- a lower vibration than an individual. Because the collective is functioning right now, currently, in a, generally like a lack of consciousness. You know, we don't most humans right now. We can see this just by looking around the world. Don't necessarily leave their li- lead their lives um, with strong spiritual architecture, especially in the West. It's really like based on capitalism and um, material gain, right? So that means that if material gain is your base goal, then you're usually functioning on a shadow level because material gain is like literally 1% of this reality. There's 99% that's like spiritual and love and huge, big, Piscean, like everything that came up, all all the things I've been talking about in March, that's the 99%. That's the immense like miracle of our experience. The 1% is like, I made more money, I made more money, I beat you at something, and I made more money. That's late capitalism. That's what we're living in. So the the collective often reflects that, and therefore, in transitions, usually I look at the collective, like I, I read the news every day, and I'm usually looking and saying, oh, there's the transit. There it is. That's the shadow vibration of that transit. There is a higher vibration, which is like having massive breakdowns before spring comes so that you're ready to rock and roll. Like you have a breakdown where you're like, oh, I'm letting like shake it out, shake it out the way that Florence sings it. Like I'm letting the heaviness go. And I'm and like I'm cutting this out of my diet and I'm putting this into my routine and I'm getting really tight before spring starts so that I'm like ready to manifest with all this fire. And yet, the collective often is just in crisis mode during these transition periods. What I love about looking at pagan history is you, and what I love about so many different um, spiritual and religious traditions is that they create ritual, and what and what ritual is ritual is like I've spoken about in previous episodes. Ritual is a container to collectively and communally say we're in a transition. Transitions are hard for humans because humans are a little bit tenuous around change. So here's a container that we can all communally engage in, so that we can honor the fact that we have very little control over our reality. We have very little control over 99% of our reality. So let's honor it. Let's honor the transition instead of being just in full-blown crisis mode. So that's what I love. I'm like, oh, we need more spirituality and religion in our lives. And I'm definitely working towards that in my, in my reality. So I'm going to talk. So there's, there's an element when I was looking through all my studies, there's an element of crisis available this week i say available because you're like what do you mean like crisis is available Uh, crisis can be really good (laughs) crisis can be really good because it's about sitting with the depths this is this is actually the culmination or the concentrated moment of release before spring so the 14th leading up to the 20th this whole week is about really doing the final purge before spring shoots off. So there's a, there's an archetypal energy present this week. That's about waiting for the storm, but I would, I would even push it farther and say, not just waiting for the storm to pass, but shaking out the storm. That's why Florence's song came to me so powerfully shake the storm out this week, do some dancing, do some primal scream therapy, do some singing, like let it out somatically through your body before the 20th as we transition because there is a crisis energy in the air all week what this does when you are somatically releasing pent-up energy and emotion that sometimes is yours and sometimes it's not sometimes we just like take in other stuff we take in collective stuff we are currently the world is at war like literally humans are choosing to kill each other all the time in so many different ways in big ways and in small ways we're there's a lot of the the species is attacking itself that is there that is that is actually felt in each one of our pain bodies so that is something to shake out this week and not to say oh i don't want to feel that it's to say no i deeply feel that i deeply feel the crisis of that i deeply feel the pain of that and i'm i'm, I'm, I'm gonna feel into it and then move the energy out right so feel into it and move the energy out this is in some ways a the idea of being like a spiritual doula to the world. And I think it's just as valid as being um, an activist on the ground. Um, So this is available for us this week. What it's going to do is it's going to allow for emotional clarity as we head into late March and early April. We are going to need this emotional clarity heading into April because April and May are such big change points. They are such big pivot points for each and every one of us in different unique areas of our lives. If you want to know what area in this le- in your life this is happening for you, just get a reading with me and I can tell you exactly the themes that will be surrounding this change for you in April and May. But April and May is such a big change point and having emotional clarity going into that month is key. It's key for your evolution and it's key to move out of a world where we are at war and where capitalism is like actually still a thing and into a new world, Okay. So there is going to be strong emotions available this week. There is such an amazing signature of like the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. I look at this energy and I'm like, oh, this is really big. It will probably manifest in the collective in a very emotional way, in a way that's probably hard to swallow. You know, that would be my prediction Um, for us as individuals. And I'm really most of this podcast is speaking to individuals. This is a time for you to be really present and take time by yourself especially the closer you get to march 20th take time by yourself to really shake it out shake it out in whatever way that is for you if that's swimming if that's surfing if that's going on a long walk by yourself in the cold like whatever it is letting yourself cry i've had a few people share with me some of my clients have been like look i've been really crying a lot in march and i said it last week like crying is one of the best things you can do and actually if you want to look up there's an incredible there's incredible um scientific studies around like the biochemical effects of crying and how it releases hormones it helps you really process it really is like your body it's like a computer you're processing pain and you're transmuting pain which is essentially what this season is about leading up to March 20th so let yourself cry you know even try to like you know if you want to induce crying this week great time to do that okay Wow. Um, So yeah, it's really available to let emotions surface this week and um, give yourself a couple, even a couple hours. Like I think one thing that's really clear is to give yourself time to let what, what I call and what human design calls the emotional wave move through you. Like give yourself time to feel bad. That's the thing that I think is so hard in late capitalism and what, why Pisces as an archetype struggles in late capitalism is that Late capitalism is like, no, you have to get up and work at 7 a.m. And no, you have, an, you have an appointment in 30 minutes. You cannot cry in your car. Or you can only cry in your car for 10 minutes, and then you have to shove the rest of that emotion away. Building space into this week before March 20th, before we enter the spring equinox and things start to really, really move, give yourself some space this week. Carve some time out for yourself to cry, to dance, to sing, to scream, to go into the woods, to go on a hike, to talk out loud you know to give you an example like i i go to uh, a couple parks here in los angeles i go to Elysian park and i go to griffith park often and i will turn my phone off i'll leave it in my car and i will walk for an hour and a half and i will talk i usually talk to god but i will talk to myself i'll talk to anything i'll talk to birds that i see i just like you know i have a <laughs> i have a mercury jupiter um, aspect in my chart so i like to talk i'm a talker here i am talking And I'll just talk for an hour and a half. And oftentimes I'm just like stream of consciousness talking. Who even knows what's coming out? And I have epiphanies during that period of time because I'm giving myself an hour and a half without technology, without people texting me to just like feel and process and let things out because I'm a sponge. I'm a Pisces, you know. Okay. So that's something to do. That's something to think about doing in the way that feels best for you. Okay. There's a lot of like darkness that can be revealed this week. There's a full moon on the 17th of March, okay? So that's another big thing to think about that is the 17th, which is the thir- is a Thursday. So this Thursday there's a full moon. There's a lot of health aspects this week. So if health aspects come up for you, if you have something to do with your body that feels off or even feels great, Um, This is just the week to pay attention to what your body is saying. That's why I kept emphasizing somatic healing, yelling, crying, um, singing, dancing. This is where the magic can happen this week, is in the body. And again, it's about lightening your load for the fiery season that's coming up March 20th. It's really, really powerful. This is why people fast or cleanse before the vernal equinox. This is why people do ritual before the vernal equinox to be like, I'm rebooting. I'm resetting the computer. And when you reset a computer, I love to use this analogy because I'm such an Aquarian. you have to like get rid of viruses. You have to get rid of bugs in the system. You have to like erase things that are taking up memory and data, right? So this is what we're doing this week. So if you do feel like you're in crisis this week, pause, and be in be in the wave. In a safe, obviously in a safe and structured place. Be in the wave. You know? I've had moments where I'm on walks and I'm like, I, I have to yell right now. It's gonna freak people out, but like I have to do it. And I'll do it. Um, usually I won't yell at people. I will just try to yell in in the in the woods, because the woods can handle it, the trees can handle it. Okay. Um I did say March 17th, full moon. I just want to one more time emphasize like the closer we get, March 16th, 17th, and 18th. These are times of culmination. These are times of letting go. It is in the area of health. So just keep in mind how your body's feeling around that time. This is a great time to slow down. It's a great time to have communications with people, um, to be in service, in community with people. The whole theme of the really next 20-year cycle that we started in 2021 is about how to be in community and how to really be in service to others where you are also being nourished by the service that you are giving. So this is a moment of of um, highlighting. The moon highlights or shines a light on how are you being of service to your community? Like are you are, are you? And then what is the community that you're working to build? Especially as we come out of two years of hu- community being reshuffled, fractured, truncated. So how are you moving into a place that? takes all those dreams you had february 20th till now and says are you living a life that fosters like community or are you engaging in behaviors that isolate yourself and this is where i've talked about addiction and the tropes of late capitalism they just want to pull you in and, and keep you alone and um, existential and nihilistic how do we move past those things and enter into service with other people In service that also serves you like it's really both virgo this energy this full moon is a lot about is my body nourished by the service that i'm giving and vice versa there is a shock element on the later part so past this it's really interesting march 17th which is that thursday there's a full moon and then the weekend friday saturday sunday just be mindful on the weekend that there will be there's gonna be shifts there's gonna be surprises there is a major surprise element at the end of the week It has a lot to do with relationships and with money so keep in mind how you are money beauty and relationships really so those three things be really um conscious about how you're navigating this weekend um this is an energy where you can there's definitely like bombastic or sparks flying kind of an energy uh it's a little unconventional during the weekend people might be trying things they've never tried before especially in the flurry of that full moon the full moon kind of werewolf vibes of like, oh, I'm going to try something different and raunchy and crazy. That's totally available this weekend. Um, <laughs> it's tied into a larger 18 month cycle. So just be mindful of like, you know, the big theme of this year, as I've said in the first episode, my big episode on 2022 is about thinking about things for the long haul. This is really like long haul or sustainable formatting energy. So like, Are you making decisions that are impulsive and like potentially chaotic based off of emotions that you aren't taking responsibility for or higher vibration? Are you feeling your feelings, taking accountability and going into the depth of those feelings, breaking them down, trying to understand them, understanding them somatically in the body? And then on the weekend, are you like, oh, my God, I went through that depth of emotion. I have clarity now. I have a little bit of clarity. I feel a little bit better than I did. And I think I'm going to try something new. Like I think I'm going to do something kind of like outside of my quote unquote comfort zone. So this weekend energy, March 18th, 19th, and 20th leading up to this, the spring equinox has an energy of like breaking free and being like, I'm going to try something really different, really different. And honestly, when I look at this, I think mostly positive. Like I look at this and I'm like, this is actually like a positive break free energy and less of a accident prone crazy time. Um, like crazy making energy or like full chaos mode this is a little bit of chaos mode that i think is actually going to end well for a lot of us as long as we are doing venusian things which what does that mean that as long as we are respecting others respecting ourselves having a some degree of even if it's unconventional having some degree of balance um, having some degree of like if this works for me, this works for you, if this works for you, this works for me, like taking into account the other person um, while taking a risk. So there is like nice risky energy at the end of the week that's kind of fun and I think is going to be potentially liberating for a lot of people. Um, This is about getting more in touch with your desire body, again, in a way that is respectful to yourself and to other people. I say if you have an idea, an inkling at the end of the week and you're like, I really want to do this thing. I've never done it before. I really want to do it. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's it's not dangerous per se. It might be dangerous to your ego, which is different than it being physically dangerous or like, you know, emotionally or psychically dangerous. It might be dangerous to your ego in the in ego in the sense that your ego is like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I've never done that before. I would say green light. I would say go. The end of the week is like a little bit of a Do something you've never done before or do something with a person you've never done before or go on a date with someone you'd never considered going on a date with. You're like, that's not my type. Oh, maybe it is. Um, Or I'm going to purchase this thing that I've never purchased before because I want to know more. Um, You might have to assess in the week following and be like, oh, that worked or that didn't. But there is something liberating that. Is available even if it doesn't work out exactly as you planned or you didn't consider all the steps you can definitely be like wow okay something opened up inside of me because this energy is really expansive so i love it i love it as it leads into the spring equinox where all of a sudden we're going to have butane poured all over our lives <laughs> it's, there's going to be a match that's tossed as we head into april and may and it's going to be on fire there's going to be a lot of energy for all of us and we're all going to be wanting to like accomplish things and move forward and feel sexy and feel alive and this is this week march 14th to 20th is sort of like what's the fine what's the final little bit of like cry baby cry time shake it out shake it out you know primal scream therapy energy before we burst out into the world right and are b- ready to jump on stage so that's the energy for the week I have talked even more than I anticipated because, you know, here I am doing my thing. We are going to now transition to the interview. So please stay tuned. I am so excited to introduce you to Megan Joy May. All right, everybody. I am so excited to be talking with Megan Joy May. Before I introduce who she is and what she does, I do want to say something that I'm very excited Excited. about that she archetypally represents the energy of this week and next week. She's got a late degree Pisces moon and she was born at zero degrees Aries, which is the spring equinox. So we are talking to someone who is living this energy right now, every single day of her life. And I am honored to have her on my show. I have known her for an entire nodal cycle for everyone who knows what that means. It is nine years, nine and a half years. And it has been nine and a half years of incredible depth and growth and um, inspiration. Um, I have known Megan in many different ways. I am so blessed to know her every single day. And she asked me to share with y'all that she is a visual and performing artist, priestess in training, feminine wellness coach, and facilitator. She is devoted to feeding and amplifying the feminine to heal the masculine through art, somatic education, and her coaching services. She role models, taking exquisite care in mind, body, and soul through the ebb and flow of natural cycles and rhythms of life and teaches her clients to do the same. I will I will say one thing. I have been coached by Megan, and it is a profound experience every single time. I have. I have done quantum leaps of work with her, and so I'm really excited for you all to get intimate with her and understand and hear what she has to say and who she is because this is a vessel of love. She is a healer, and... Take it away, Megan, very excited to have you.
1: Mm, thank you so much for having me. I'm really grateful to be tuning in from Lopez Island, Washington. We've got a, an unexpected sunny day here and I'm ripe and ready for this brilliant conversation. I love that you said intimacy. Um, that made me feel, yeah, very attuned to the the present moment and this, this sharing that's about to take place.
0: I'm so happy to have you. Um, so I, I will start a little bit with what this episode was about just to set us off on a course, but I know that you and I, we speak in rivers and tributaries where our, our thoughts are going everywhere um, and there are two Pisces in the house. So just everyone strap in. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did want to speak. It is it's uh, mid-March heading into a different season. As I spoke about, we're heading into spring on March 20th, which is your birthday, happy almost birthday thank you and the energy that we have present in the sky is really um the darkness before the light so this is really the final days of of winter transmuting into like the blossoming of spring so i i think in some ways my or where we can start or what questions i have for you is you know Mm. how how do you how are you approaching the darkest moments of the year before we have our, our astrological new year? And, and actually, how are you approaching the next days before your birthday just as a daily like we can talk about what you do daily or what you are thinking about or what you are sensing um, going forward into spring?
1: Um, this is. A really interesting time. I'm alone. I'm very alone. I'm, uh, I'm sequestered in a two-room cabin on an island in the middle of the Pacific Northwest. And so there's a lot of my own, I have a lot of myself to be working through and looking at I'm, I'm finding this thread here. So something that's actually big for me right now is that on my birthday, I will have been one year sober. And so this is something that I haven't really... Being in sobriety is something I'm kind of wrapping my head around as somebody who didn't necessarily identify as a person that was an addict or a substance Mm. abuser, but is from a family line, Mm. a lineage of substance abuse and alcoholism. Um, and I made the decision, it was kind of a, one of my big takeaways from like the pandemic and from the, from 2020, my biological father passed away from psoriasis of multiple organs after a really steady, um, liquor addiction and, uh, other, uh, drug methamphetamine addiction. And then During the pandemic, my stepdad ended up in the hospital from alcohol um, overdose or something related to that. And it was a long recovery, he almost died. At the same time, my mom was also drinking a lot and she was like having these issues with her body and was like, oh, maybe it has to do with the amount of alcohol I'm drinking. And I was just, you know, moving my body. It's uh, on a walk. It's a a time where I am able to integrate some really good information through movement of the body, fresh air, uh, good, fresh thoughts coming in with that um, combination. And I, I've played with not drinking and not smoking marijuana a lot in my life. And um, it just really dawned on me that it was the next step in my spiritual maturation and that was kind of my piece of work to do in the lineage to really disengage from the storyline of utilizing recreationally and as um as like self-medicating especially through marijuana alcohol's not really ever been like a big piece of my life because my body actually can't handle a lot of it but it's really easy to be in drinking culture you know it's kind of And I was on the East Coast when I came into this realization for myself and there's a really big drinking culture there. There's this pressure and this um, praise around like how much you can drink or how well you can handle the amount of alcohol you're drinking. And alcohol is really a poison uh, for the body. And it also opens up the body for, you know, dark spirits to enter in and take possession of your vehicle and your vessel. And so the alcohol piece, I was like, well, I'm not really addicted to alcohol, but I, I do have, I did have addicted relationships with marijuana and definitely used it, um, you know, to escape emotions that felt hard. So I'm about to complete a year of sobriety within this reclaiming of this life for myself and what it really means to not only singularly, but like communally and collectively within my own world, disengage from, other people who are utilizing alcohol marijuana and other drugs recreationally because that recreational piece just so easily slides into covering up these deeper emotions so that's definitely something that i think is informing this experience of the dark night the darkest Mm -hmm. uh, before the dawn for me um so yeah that's something that i want to start opening up and talking about because i know there's a lot of people out are on a psycho-spiritual-emotional maturation journey, and we're coming from families and a culture that is pervasively addicted and and using to disengage and to disembody. Um, so it's really a, a, a space to be speaking to in, in a place of leadership and compassion, because it's not it's not easy. Yeah. to step away yeah. from that, to rewind uh, and um, to unfold your my identity. The big piece with the weed for me was like, I was a cool girl. Like, I really mm. liked that identity of being like the cool girl that like kn- knew how to roll the joints and like would smoke a joint or smoke you out and like enjoy a, enjoy a good beer. Like there's so much of who I think that I need to be in the world to be sociable and acceptable. And also how I saw myself. I, I liked cool Megan. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and there's such a, um, there's also a pressure to be cool and to be a cool girl that's like down and yeah. what that means. And sometimes the things that go along with the characteristics of that personality and that behavior are really detrimental to a, a emotional and, and spiritual sovereignty. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Amazing. And it, it's interesting because the energy archetypally right now is so much around addiction. Um, and I mentioned in a, uh, one of the episodes prior that we have the biggest buildup of Pisces energy that we will have in our lifetime right now, which is, as we well know, as you and I both know, Pisces really encapsulates addiction and isolation through addiction. And so you are speaking directly to what I've asked and and said to um, everyone listening around the energies of 2022. There is an energy of like, the thing I want to ask you about actually is like, it sounds to me like, releasing the addiction is creating a simplification in your life like it simplifies things but that sometimes that simplicity can be there's it's like you really have to face all of all of you have to face the reality in some ways you can't quite escape hatch um through addictive behavior at this point so it's like I guess my question for you is what are what is it is it is it just as simple as like releasing the addiction and then you're feeling an immense amount of pain or what comes up for you like as you've done a year of sobriety do you feel are you I guess I I think my question in some ways is like where do you land a year later and are and what realizations have you had through this process um is it is it epigenetic like how, what are the layers and nuances of it for you and what has it brought to you and what has it asked you to release
1: Yeah, so one thing I want to speak into is that. Because I, you know, addiction, true substance reliance addiction has an entire physiopathology within the body is distinctly different from what I went through so it's like alcoholism when you try to step away from being an alcoholic and you're dependent where you're using on a daily basis you really need to be working with um, a, a team you know or professionals because it's dangerous to be addicted to a substance and then pull away from it um it 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 can cause death. And then what also can cause death is if people pull away from the addiction. Um, This happens a lot. I was just listening to some of the radio happening from Canada because I'm so far north here that um, I get some radio channels in Canada. And they have a much different system in place um, around substance um, use and abuse. And The gentleman was talking about a woman that he had worked with that had gone into rehab uh, for heroin, had um, lowered her tolerance, got out of rehab and used at the same level that she'd done before, and then she died. Mm. And so I just want to speak into these bits because like my choice to claim, and I think that this is part of my resistance to be like, what does it mean for me to claim sobriety is it looks different a little bit, I think for me, because I wasn't on a, like a daily use, Mm. um, with a really hard substance. And so it really takes community. It takes connection. Gabor Mate is a really brilliant, uh, writer and educator that works with this, um, this, uh, with addiction. And he speaks into the the realities that the reason that we have these problems with addiction is because there was, you know, unmet emotional needs, unmet intimacy needs, unmet needs of connection, coherence and care, and usually a trauma mm-hmm. in the life that has led people to start um, becoming uh, substance users and substance abusers. So I just, the, it, it's a big subject and it's not to just be like, Oh, I, I was able to do this. No big deal. Like there's just levels and layers of it. If, if, and also another piece of addiction is that part of addiction, a part of recovery is relapse. Mm. And so I think that's an important thing to keep in mind, whether you're trying to get off sugar or um, toxic relationship patterns or um, hard drugs and alcohol is that, But I think a a newer model, a more integrated, compassionate model is that we know that there's going to be a relapse and that Mm -hmm. a relapse is part of the recovery and that a human being needs long-term care and connection throughout the experience of coming into full recovery. Um, And we don't necessarily have that intelligence and have those Mm -hmm. systems in place and so it's just good to keep some of these in mind. Um, For myself, um, it was, you know, many times around over 36 when I made the choice, I've been smoking weed since I was um, 17 or 18. And there have been many moments in my life where I've considered quitting altogether. There have been moments in my life in the past where I've gone a whole year without smoking uh, weed. And then went right back into it and enjoying the you know occasional or nightly cocktail or something like that I was just like okay did it for a year and then what and then what like it's good like Mm. no big deal I'll just keep doing it again so for me it was like coming to a final a point a point of realization of choice uh precipitated by awareness that this was the time for me to really to choose this and that um and so that's an internal experience and that's a very personal experience. And then from there, it was like telling some people, like, I don't do this anymore. It was yep, telling yep. some of the people closest to me who do recreationally and would more or less consider it like um, uh, responsibly use marijuana. I had to be like, I don't do that anymore. And yep. I don't want to do that anymore. And I, I need you to know that I don't do that anymore. Um, so it was, it's claiming that within a small a small group of people too. So it's like, I need you to see that I'm not doing this anymore. And I need you to not like pressure me. And that's a big mm. thing too. When you start, mm. when you step out of addiction, you at least have one relationship that's really important to you where you're codependently involved in that addiction together.
0: Yes. Absolutely. And
1: sometimes right. it's an entire community. Yes. And so there's kind of a sense of you're you, you pull away from a, a, a connection, a sense of yes. connection, a sense of communion with Uh, with a person or a group of people around a certain activity or substance. So that's something to keep in mind too. So then there is a period of like loneliness, you know, Mm a big thing for me now is like, am I going to be able to find a partner that doesn't occasionally like drink the alcohol or smoke weed? Because I'm feeling so protective about it is like I don't want it in my home and I just don't want the energy of it around me yeah I don't want the occasional energy of it yeah and I'm also like but I also don't want to be with some it's like I I don't I'm not coming from a place of like really hard addiction so it's like to find that person that's like spiritually and emotionally just been like I don't use these substances it's not an issue it's not like something that I want to do sometimes or anything and and that seems in my own mind in my own consciousness I'm like that person does that person exist? <laughs>
0: like,
1: yes. Does the person exist that doesn't like to enjoy the occasional responsible beer?
0: Well, well, and, and I'll even posit it in a different way because I'm hearing, I'm really, I'm deeply listening to you right now. And I'm I'm hearing underneath what you're sharing a lot of things. But one thing that I'm hearing is this moment. We all have this moment throughout each of our days where we want to check out. There's like this moment of like stress, anxiety, cortisol, whatever it is. <laughs> Where you're like, I want, I want to check out. So for a lot of people, it's at the end of the day. They're like, I don't want to be thinking about anything anymore in late capitalism. So I'm going to now indulge in some in some sort of substance, right? Whether it's a glass of wine, cake, you name it. And, and so what I hear you saying is like, how do we create? It sounds to me you're like, oh, is there someone out there? I'm like, what if we're creating a, a structure, around that feeling of. I, I, I want something to fulfill me or fill my fill the hole, right? Or, or, or release the stress of late capitalism, which we haven't even gotten into that. But like the fact that we're a lot of people feel like they're a, a mouse on a treadmill in a lot of ways. So how do we have a, a moment of structure where you're like you, you're creating structure in your life where you're like, OK, I can sense I have consciousness about the fact that I want to escape hatch right now how do I create a structure where I, I know in that moment I pause and I choose to go on a walk or I choose to go outside and let the sun hit my face. Or for, you know, for me, the first thing I thought about when I was listening to you was I don't, I don't drink alcohol very much at all. When people offer it at a party, it, I, I'm like you, I hate the way that it makes my body feel. And, and yet I practice Shabbos every Friday night for all the Jewish folks out there. And you drink wine during Shabbos. And I, I, you know this about me. I like red wine. I don't, I don't think about red wine anytime other than I'm like, Oh, on Shabbos, I can have a glass of red wine, but it's, it's within a structure. Does that make sense? It's like, it's a structured thing that is ritualistic that I am not doing to check out. I'm doing to tap in. Right. Yes. So anyway, yes, that's, that's kind of what something to just kind of bounce off of what you were saying.
1: Yeah. Yes. And there's that, that structure there's it's not just you engaging in an experience at a bar. There is something very traditional, something sacred about that, that's holding the experience and resonantly, vibrationally, um, <laughs> biophysiologically, that is structured in your whole neurology, your whole body, your whole belief system very differently. So that's going to be held with, it's these words that I'm loving to use right now are fortified and nourished. Mm -hmm. That's a fortified and nourished experience of a substance from the earth. Mm -hmm. You know, grapes are from the earth. Fermentation is a natural process. And then having it within community, Mm -hmm. within a holy context is also actually very human and is, and are right. lacking those those pieces, yeah. so that's gonna land differently for you. And I think one thing I do tell myself is like, if it happens that working with deeper plant ancestry, ancestor med- ancestral medicine arises at a, at an appropriate moment, and it's just a clear yes. And I'm talking about like um, iboga and. Um, uh, I am forgetting that. Oh, ayahuasca. Yeah. And combo these different medicines from the earth. I haven't done any of that stuff. It's very, it's very like new age millennial. Mm-hmm. It's very white woman spiritual to like dip into those worlds. And so th- there's it, it's, I think there's a there's clear channel and communication there were necessary. And there's also an ability to be doing it incorrectly. However, yeah. if yeah. it showed up in my life and everything was like, this is the right time to like commune mm-hmm. with the ancestry of the earth through this particular spirit, I would do that. Yeah. Because yeah. it would yeah. be contained biophysiologically within my belief system and within my path in such a way that it would be able to land. And then I would also take time to integrate it. Yeah. So that does feel really different. Um, I also wanted to say, you know, you'd ask, is this for me is, is what I'm finding that's unwinding or spy that I'm spiraling through
2: mm-hmm.
1: epigenetic. And like, yes, an, mm-hmm. a, another friend of mine spoke into this experience because she comes from a family of, an, of addiction and she's trying to heal childhood trauma and her adult life from, from those experiences. And when I was like, last week, I was having a very hard time. I was reaching the rock bottom of a spiral of, of change and transformation. And it was very low and scary. And when I and then I told her, like, I'm doing this piece, I it's going to be a year that I've been sober. And she's like, oh, my God, like, that's the biggest part of it, what you're going through right now, you're healing and unwinding information from your lineage. You're actually processing emotions from your lineage that nobody in your lineage has ever processed because they've never gone there with the purity of the emotion and the circadian rhythms and the natural cycles and the and the. Pure raw loneliness and pain Mm -hmm. that's within that, and so it's not easy to come back into the body, and so it isn't easy to come back into the body. And and I'm, as you know, I'm I really love the body as a (laughs) person that loves the body, human design
0: vessel of love. Here we go.
1: And I'm in a somatic facilitator. Which really digs into, really dives into and elaborates this idea of somatics. Soma, uh, um, Hannah, what's his first name? His first name is I can't remember his first name. I was I was like I should have all these books here with me to help me remember remember <laughs> their names. His last name's Hannah. Um, I can't remember his first name. He's a big name in the world of somatics, and he speaks to soma, meaning living body. Mm. A subjective experience of a living being, which is a human. And, and, it's, and we are um, disillusioned and disenfranchised from our spirit, from the depth of spirit within the body, with to we're disenfranchised to our innate, godly relationship with all that is because of colonialism, imperialism, and capitalism. Especially as Westerners and as especially as like the Western uh, values become a global mm-hmm. di- di- shift.
0: <laughs> you almost said disease. disease.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: also, the name is Thomas Hannah. Thomas Thank Hannah. you. Yeah. It's,
1: yeah. So, Thomas Hannes, and I just, you know, I want to give that, and, and that's just so beautiful that we're looking at this body. We're not taught, we are miseducated, we are um, indoctrinated to a very different neuropathology. And so, when we start to come back into the body it's can be really hard and scary and there's neurophysiological reasons related to stress response and trauma why we disassociate and there's it's 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 dense to be a spirit in the body but it's meant to be that way and it's also meant to be that way not because it's supposed to be painful but because it's meant to be joyful and deeply connected and i was giving myself a sermon the other day about this realization that
0: oh girl go go send it (laughs) it's
1: not just that spirit that feeds the material but the material feeds the spirit and that if we look at all of the natural cycles happening in the world they are a very intelligent closed loop system of sustainability and so why would we imagine that it's not the same thing with the whole complex of spirit and matter Spirit feeds matter, but matter feeds spirit and not through pain, through joy, through release, through connection, through the connection that we have with the external world, through our relationship of understanding our responsibility, our ability to respond as leaders and stewards of this planet, of this earth, but also our connection to each other and the joy and necessity that's within that, within with a legal theory framework, we are wired to connect as mammals, as human beings, and we—that's also of intelligent, conscious, spiritual design. It's that we need each other. A, a baby, if it is given only food, will die. It will perish. It will not thrive, um, and that's because touch and connection, emotional, physical connection is nourishment it's it's literal nourishment and you're not going to find that nourishment on the like you know three-quarter plate rule or the pyramid that our uh uh, uh, american government puts out there so part of it is having practices that you can connect to the body and understanding that that is a that's a it's a it's a it's a road of slowing down deeply
2: yeah
1: And isn't it time to slow down? Like, especially just winter in and of itself is a time to slow down. And in your first podcast, you're talking about this 18 month cycle being about, you know, North Node and Taurus. It's time to slow down. Taurus is earth, its body, its sensuality. So having practices to slow down and be in the body. Yes. To be able to name sensations, become a, uh, to name sensations of triggers while they're happening so that you can b- build a coherent relationship of awareness about what's happening in your body, what it feels like, where it's happening and what that's related to.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and you can't just, you, you don't want to just be doing so that what we have is practice and application. And application is what you're going to do like in the moment when you're like full throttle in front of your boss or having a fight with your partner or your child.
0: That's Or looking at the substance that you want to do. like Or looking at the
1: substance that you want like to do to get away from whatever you're feeling. But first it's building awareness. and And that starts with practices just like when you're not, you know, when you're just you have to have a practice. You know, yeah. you have to have, you have to have a meditation practice. You have to have, and that can look like walking in nature. That can look like sitting for five minutes. That can look like lighting a candle. You have to have a practice, and you really have to have a practice every day. Yeah. Uh, somatic work. The truth with the somatic work. The reality with the somatic work is that, um, you know, our worldview. The world around us informs our worldview and our belief systems, and our worldview and our belief systems construct and inform our somatic shape, how we feel, behave, and experience the world we're living out from day to day. And then that also creates a worldview, so there's a feedback loop. Mm -hmm. And real change can happen, but you have to get in there through awareness, through daily practice on a, you know, a circadian cyclical 24 hour cycle and start to become aware of your body. And through that, you can start interrupting the regular patterns and make shifts. And, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza is another gentleman whose work I'm looking at, um, Thomas Hanna, Bonnie Bainbridge-Cohen, Stephen Porges, Peter Levine. These are people in the forefront of this new paradigm of mind-body, which is in some ways integrating ancestral ways of knowing and perceiving our connection in the world. It's not just like, oh, these Western uh, minds discovered this stuff. There are nuances of it that we can see more deeply into with our current sciences, but there are also models of this that just one wouldn't even need to exist like we wouldn't have to be healing trauma at the level that we need to be healing trauma if we didn't have all of the symptoms of colonialism imperialism yes and capitalism um the the big teaching is that in the the truth and the beauty of reality is that the body heals itself, that the body can heal itself, but we have to participate in that through awareness and through consciousness yeah. of yeah. our bodies being living systems. Um, so part of what's getting me here and through this mm. is re-relating to the body, practices of of relating to the body.
0: Yeah. What do you do on a daily basis? I mean, I, I'm thinking of my own life and I'm like, I have a few things that I know I do on a daily basis, um, some of which sound incredibly mundane. But I know that you, as someone who is a sixth house stellium, which is sixth house in astrology is all about daily routines. Um, I'm so interested in, in, in knowing maybe one or two things that you do every day that um, are a somatic practice for you.
1: Yeah. Mundane is great because we are physical body. Like we're talking about talking, taking care of the physical body. You need to take care of the physical and um, mental body in order for the spirit to come in and thrive Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. There are, you know, always um, exceptions to the rule, but if you're not feeding yourself regularly, good quality foods, your nervous system is never going to heal. Because your body is in a constant state of not of, of trying to figure out if it's gonna you know eat or have enough food. Sleep and food are two things that I are super mundane that I do on a regular basis that help to structure me inside my body. Um, so sleep you just try to go down to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every morning, get yourself away from screens and, um, fake light at least an hour before bedtime. Um, and if you start to do this and you do have like a little routine of like, you know, turning, turning things off at nine o'clock and getting a book or doing some stretches, being present in the body um, and getting geared towards bed, then your body will start kind of shutting down at that same time every night. And I've noticed that it's like, it's becomes to be like eight or nine. My body's like, what my mind's kind of like, what are we going to do next? (laughs) But then it's kind of like, there's this shift and my body starts to get tired. And it's like, oh, it's time to turn the lights down low and light some candles. A big piece of this is as often as you can get away from, um, artificial light. Um, that's a, that's a really big one, um, and helping for your body to readdress the circadian rhythm, which has to do with how we make a lot of important hormones in our bodies. (laughs) so, um, routine, how you're putting yourself to bed and how you're, how you're waking up and eating. Um, and, and I don't. Eating is such like a big thing right now. And where we're at actually with the, with the eating and the healing, I think is the forefront, the frontier of this is bio-individual nutrition, Mm.
0: really looking
1: at the epigenetics, the blood, the hormones of individual people their and taking their environments and their access to what they have, um, what what they have access to, what their resources are and really breaking down what nutrients a, a body needs. And doesn't need because it's just not a one size fits all reality. Um, but I think, regardless, um, eating for, especially for people that are. Uh, Having estrogen rich cycle in their bodies, people that are, um, have, were born female or identify as women. You have that estrogen working in your body and you're creating, um, you have a a fertility phase. Uh, you really need to be looking, you're bleeding every month. You need to have a really good relationship with your blood sugar, your blood sugar needs to be on point and healthy. And the way that you keep your blood sugar stable is you eat regularly. You yeah. eat within that first hour that you wake up, you want to get some protein first time, first thing in the morning, and you want to eat, you know, satisfying satiating meals two to three times a day. And a really big, very, what's very pervasive in our world is that, women are starving and exhausted and they're 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 told that they need to be hungry in order to be well partially cuz they're busy but also just so much of that programming around the yeah. diet culture and skinniness is what if you're if you're eating you're not necessarily enjoying your food so there's this mm. whole guilt matrix and mm. then there's just not enough food happening um, and the, and a big tip that I'm really understanding right now, which is so controversial within like the whole idea of whether you're vegan or not a vegan or raw foodist or whatever is like our bodies need these particular vitamins, retinol, which is a form of vitamin a vitamin K specific kind of vitamin B that only come from animal products that come from, um, oh products my. Yep. Yeah. And we're talking about liver, heart, tongue, and then bone broths, eggs, mm-hmm. butter, mm-hmm. ghee, collagen, um, issues within the pelvic floor, within the nervous system. There's this thing called myelination that happens within the nervous system, which is a fatty tissue. Um, our fascia, our muscles, um, that are holding traumas based on, you know, neurosynapses that are holding the, the body in a certain pattern, it needs nourishment. And that nourishment looks like ancestral diets. Yeah. So that's another thing that's just very real for me. I'm actually heal, healing uterine imbalance and blood imbalances by eating animal products more consciously, yeah. Yeah. Um, beef that has heart and liver in it. And not every day, but at very clear times of the month that I have been able to understand through myself by looking at it over time that are best for me. And um, so those are two things. I mean, I just went off on that because you're like they're very mundane that. and it's like yeah. yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a yeah. big part of it. It's, you know, it's creating it's it's creating discipline, but also my way of healing discipline is to bring in its feminine counter devotion.
0: Devotion. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And devotion
1: it, is like, the, that's the priestess path. The devotion mm-hmm. is just something greater than yourself.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, Oh my gosh. I could go off about, um, devotion and, uh, constancy, consistency, creating a routine, dedication, um, discipline, discipline and devotion. I did want to say one thing. It, it's, it's interesting. I think that it, it's controversial to talk about veganism and to talk about eating meat at a time like this and and yet late capitalism and, and just the the journey of capitalism has ravaged the earth in a way where eating meat is is a a very problematic thing at this moment just on an ecological level but if we are able to move forward and return or return is an interesting word but if we are able to move forward in a way where we are healing our earth then eating meat every once in a while consciously as you said um would not be as uh triggering as a topic as it you know it's there's so much that's tied into capital and so much that's tied into how our earth has been ravaged um and those are deeper conversations we can go into in terms of like why like where, where and where do we go but i also really re- relate to you in the in the red meat category there's um I, I did try, veg, I was vegetarian, I was vegan, and um, both of those um, modes of eating really, really did not serve me, really did yes. not serve my nervous system. I'm not hating on it because it works for some people beautifully, but it they really didn't serve m- my nervous system, my nervous system. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think something that you're, I just want to take it a little bit further and say that one thing that you're saying, and I will build off of is if, if you wake up and you're not eating, um, if you're not sleeping at a regular cycle and eating at a regular cycle or regular cycles, then when you have any sort of stressor out in the external world, you're already setting yourself off on a fractal that's going to be chaotic. That's, let's just be real. But, but even before that. If you have, let's say, an interaction with a stranger on the street that is challenging in some way or another, if your nervous system is not nourished, you will not handle that situation with a degree of love, compassion, um, uh, respect for yourself or the other person, and it creates a ripple effect on every single person you interact with. You're not able to have that level of like I've noticed when I'm in a really good dedicated flow of taking care of my physical body, this is so North Node and Taurus, and I love it because you have North Node and Taurus. Um, if you're not in a regular flow of taking care of your body, then every emotional interaction you have with somebody is uh, often messy, often chaotic. But when I'm really in the flow, I have enough room to actually pause in moments when I feel triggered or when someone says something or takes a tone with me that feels like it could be a, a you know, you know it, it could be a claw. It ends up not being a claw because I'm like, I'm good. I'm just going to breathe through this moment and kind of wait a little bit, (laughs) you know, without my nervous system firing off on all cylinders, uh, fight or flight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I also just want to communicate that I realized that talking about things like access to rest and mm. access to nourishing food on a regular basis is a privileged conversation. Absolutely. And so if you're privileged enough to be able to attune to a regular state of rest and nourishment, then your, your ability to respond, your responsibility is to attune to that to the best of your capacity so that you can show up and continue to create more equity and reality in the world where that is available to more people. It's not a baseline of everybody having less because people don't have enough. It's that those of us that are resourced have got to do the work to be able to bring forth what spirit needs us to bring forth at this time. We're at a time right now where we're losing a lot of our elders in the spiritual world. Bell Hooks has passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, tick not Hanh passed away. Um, we just have, we have a multitude of teachers passing on. It's their time, they're meant to go. I mean, not necessarily in all considerations like bell hooks is not yeah. that old. Um, and that was all about equity and uh, white supremacy and racial and in, racial inequity in our world, economic and, and uh, environmental um, mm-hmm. inequity and how that does, affect people of color and lower socioeconomic class more. And so it's our responsibility to start embodying the deeper truths of what spirit needs to be speaking through us in order for us to bring down in the material form, through the marriage of the divine feminine and masculine, this new earth, this new vision. What is your vision of what the world looks like if it was balanced, if it was better?
0: And living it in and living it in your body as like, sorry, like to take it from personal to political, it's like micro to macro. Your body is the micro to the macro of a healed world. Like, how are you, how are you healing your own body every single day? Yeah,
1: Absolutely. So, and I, yeah, um, I want to, I wish there was more like I could just another thing to do on a daily basis is to um, when you rise spend some time scanning your body and your mind where you're at Mm -hmm. figuring out what the what the lived experience what the somatic paradigm is in that moment like are you waking Mm -hmm. up feeling resourced are you waking up with are you tired um did you get enough rest aches in the body of what's on the mind dreams and being present with that it doesn't have to be a very long time just you know a five minute scan of the body and the emotions and then taking some breaths Mm -hmm. connecting to the breath in within that and just Mm -hmm. being aware of like okay like today feels a little bit harder already. Yeah. yeah. Um or oh I'm feeling really good today I'm feeling really resourced today and then on top of that it's not just to be like oh, I don't feel good I feel good it's also understanding like how can you in in polyvagal theory when you're, when you're in dorsal, um, or sympathetic. So if you're down on the ladder in like depression, um, not feeling resourced or you feeling, um, anxiety instead of, you know, you need a certain amount of cortisol to be like, I'm up and ready to go, but then your body is meant to regulate. Um,
0: you need a little bit of anxiety to wake up. I mean, (laughs) I mean, it's true about, it's
1: a little pump. It's a little, you need, it's good. Like, you know, a coherence system isn't just like always like, Oh, it's so available. And feel really great. Like you're kind of
0: to perform. I mean, mm-hmm. they talk about performance, like athletic performance. I perform on stage all the time. And, and on screen, it's like, you need a certain level of cortisol to get a little amped up to then be like, Oh my God, I'm going to give it my best shot. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyway. And
1: you want to have things in place that, you know, help boost you. So maybe that's a hug from a partner, you know, wow. maybe if you need a little bit of connection time in the first thing in the morning when I had a partner and I was living with them, it, I, I, and I'm really feeling the contrast of the, this right now because I'm living by myself mm. and I'm feeling like I'm really, there are some days where I'm just really dysregulated in my nervous system and I can't find home in right. my body. Um, and if I do, it's not for very long and I'm so touch deprived in, mm. com- especially in comparison to how touch nourished I was in that high touch relationship that I was yeah. in for three years. And so maybe it's connecting with, and it can be an animal. It can be a cat. It can be a dog. Um, it can be like, it can be a, a, a mammal creature. It can be a human creature and yeah. you can be creative with that and clear with that. Like I'm, I need some, I need a hug this morning or I need you know, 20 seconds is, you know, 20, 30 seconds baseline is like what your body needs with that conscious consensual clutch to get it to start to get those, uh, good, uh, good hormones and fluids flowing, um, music, you know, we're resonant creatures. Like if you have, if you got that list, you know, like I, I have a list full of all the like nasty feminine R&B and rap artists. Like that's my workout song, <laughs> that's my workout playlist. That's yes. what gives me feeling that way. So maybe it's a fresh, maybe it's fresh air first thing in, in in the morning. Some people have a propensity towards a positive mind. Some people have a propensity towards a negative mind and working with understanding where your mind is on a regular basis, you can start to build a toolkit of resources that helps you to shift you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it also starts in being with what is. Right. A lot of right. somatic work is not just like pushing ahead and trying to be away and, and trying not to feel the thing. It's actually the medicine, the reality of healing some of these deeper patterns of trauma and addictive stress responses to our mm-hmm. world, is go- slowing down and finding the ca- the capacity to be with what is.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So it's both and, you know, but you also got to, you know, you got to, depending on the depth, everybody's experience is, is their own and their path and their journey to wholeness and what wholeness looks like is individual.
0: Yes. And it's interesting that you say like slowing down into the behavior or slowing down into the the being where it is meeting you where you are at right because just archetypally this week the energies that are available this week that's really you just kind of encapsulated it sitting in the utter darkness like that's and just being in it i a mentor of mine talks about i'm gonna use a i'm gonna use an off-the-wall example here we go but he my one of my mentors talks about um he had a young man reach out to him and, and was like i'm addicted to pornography and my mentor was like go and watch go and watch go and watch it go instead of being like no 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 i mean we're gonna set up a system for you to not do it instead he was like i want you to watch it now that you've told me your consciousness is already starting to shift you understand that you have that there's something you need to just be present with he's like be really really present with it while you're doing it i want you to be deeply deeply present and do it and he's like watch so much of it (laughs) which might not be that may work for some people may not work for other people. I'm not saying that this is the answer, but what I like about that example is that it frees you from, in in some ways, the most powerful emotion, which is shame. It frees you from that process in some ways, or at least loosens that process where you're like, okay, I'm just gonna be with this thing deeply and profoundly. And at least in my experience with my addictions, I have had moments where when I let myself just be with the thing that feels hard or feels like maybe the world would judge me for, if I'm sitting with it in presence and not judging myself in that moment, something does shift. It has always been a shift where I'm like, oh, this isn't long-term nourishing. This behavior is not long-term nourishing. It doesn't mean that I can't, it doesn't mean I'm going to stop today, but it just, it, that that little grain that like, or, or seed that sprouts in that moment is powerful and has changed my life. You know, I look back and I'm like, oh, I don't do that anymore. Oh, great. You know, I, but I, I was able to just sit with it, which I love that you brought that up. It's really powerful.
1: Yeah. And I want to speak this into the space as well, is that um, the anecdotal story that you just told is is good and it happened within the intimacy of a partnership of change yes. so that yes. particular um prescription
2: right.
1: uh, was given by a mentor coach to a specific person client See and they had built a relationship over time about what was what was working what was not working and that person had somebody to go back to, they and if it didn't work, they do have somebody to be accountable for. Like that was a really screwed up thing for you to tell me to do. Now work. what? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm sorry yeah. that didn't work for you. Let's try something yeah. else. But yeah. it sounds like it worked out well for that person. But it was it, it was within a, a a container of accountability, mm. um, and witnessing. And so it's also just something important to keep in line, keep in mind, like. I have, um, I'm within a cohort right now. I have a teacher mm. um, and I have friends and community as a resource, right? right. It's a necessary resource. Yes. And we are really deprived of that. You know, it's like 54% of women suffering from de- something like this in the 50 to 60% range of women suffering from depression and anxiety report to their th- therapists that they that they're lonely and that they don't feel like they have anybody to go to. And, yeah. Yeah. and I know that I have my, in my life and I, know that I, you know, I have my, I have my, I have my core people.
2: yeah.
1: Um, and in, in this time of change, it has been essential. And in, in my times of deepest darkness and despair, it has been essential that I, I, courageously reach out to them and say, hi, you, this is a p- point you wanted to talk about. Right. It's like, yeah. Um, yeah. this is about the 36th gate. I think
0: it's yeah, like, of the light.
1: <laughs> you have to be willing to be like, I know my middle, like for me, my name is Megan joy. May I know my middle name's joy and I have blue eyes. And I'm the one that's always strong and always has everything together and says all the things that's helpful, but I'm actually really struggling. Yeah. And I had to uh, be able to be like, hi, people in my life that love me I'm really struggling yeah and that's a very vulnerable it's a very intimate and it's very courageous and it's and it's a willingness to be like I'm part of what I've gotten by on in the neurological system that I've been working within my whole life mm. is that somebody else has it worse it's mm. not that bad
0: oof yeah oof this is such a trap it's such a trap
1: I'm really just starting to deal with that right now, because even after I reached out to my core people, I wanted to be like, "Ooh, like, I guess I'm fine. Like, sorry. Like, I I don't I I wanted to kind of backtrack or I even there was like this place that I wanted to backtrack on it. And there was a place where I wanted to be like, no, I really am not good. (laughs) I didn't want people to think that I was just crying wolf for that I don't deserve to be cared for and looked after. So, um, maybe that's a good segue for you to speak about that piece because like in this transition of the last seven days, I really had to be like, and also for a period of time, be like, not just 24 hours later, be like, yeah, now I'm great. Like I have to be like, okay, like actually I'm still not great. And it might be a, period of time of me being better and then not so good again until I'm fully on the other side. Hey, come on spring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um. And so there's a willingness to, to like sit into the reality that we are imperfect, fallible creatures, Very
0: vulnerable. Um,
1: capable, uh, um, deserving of love in our fallibility in our imperfection and capable of leading other people. Like yeah. I, I'm a coach and it's like, I'm supposed to just show up. Is this like a uh, pantomime, this character of like, Hey, look at me. Like I have all my stuff together and I have all of the answers because you, and if I, because, if I do, you'll pay me for my resources. Right, And it's like that. unrealistic to me. And that's not live from. It's not the place that I coach from. Yeah. It's not the place. It's not it for me. So it's like really, and then, you know, yeah. tasting the medicine of that for myself, this last moon cycle. And as this planets are changing, it's just like, what does it feel like to allow myself to ask for this care that I need yeah and continue to be receiving this care for a little while and not just go into the mask of actually, yeah, I'm good now. Yeah, I just had a bad day. it's like no i'm actually trying to unwind um a lifetime pattern that's definitely epigenetic and i do believe in another side i do believe in a more resourced um el otro lado um other side of this and but then also being realistic and patient and slowing down being like but i'm not actually quite there with this piece
0: yeah And there's always many pieces, right? It's like, and I was, I've been talking with a lot of people. uh, There's a theme that's emerging with clients that I work with, but also just people I'm talking to in other situations where we've been coming back to this idea of cycles and spiraling cycles. And you often get over a big hump in your life and you're like, oh, I think I really figured that piece out. And then it comes back. 10 12 months later three years later it's always it's very cyclical the thing i wanted to say as well that you so beautifully segued us into is going back to the idea of the darkening of the light which is this energy of the week we're in right now and how i think i'm like oh my god the gregorian calendar i'm like the gregorian calendar that we follow in in the the historically and we still follow it starts in the middle of Capricorn season. And I'm like, why would we start the year off ever in the middle of winter? Like, why? Because what I'm seeing here now is, is hearing you share your experience and, and what we're talking about is this really this week really is the darkest, darkest, darkest moment. And I took that Florence and the Machine song, the, it's the darkest before the dawn, because we are in the most self-undoing phase of the year right before spring begins, which is the new year astrologically and is the new year in a lot of different part, like a lot of different thought ideas, bodies, um, ways of being spring, the equinox in pagan ritual is like, that's the beginning. That's, this is the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to, I'm just adding a little note of like, let's decolonize this in a way. And I, I, I do. And I know that you have uh, historically, as I've known you, you have done incredible cleanses before, your birthday which is the equinox yes and it's that ritualistic way of being like I'm cleaning myself up for a brand new beginning
1: yeah somebody else who I was just brought this up recently and speaking of ancestral ways of being he was like I like to do it too because you imagine like this would be the time that we were the most hungry ancestrally this would be the kind of time that like all of the resources previously, depending on where in the world you were and your ancestors were, because some places are like, you know, pretty abundant, uh, closer to the equator, pretty abundant all year long with fruits and things like that. But, you know, there's a, you know, we're starving and yes. we're really looking forward to getting through this last little moment of time. That's also, who knows, that's also very, that's potentially a colonized perspective of history as well. It's like, we kind of have to question all of our ideas of this what's been going on in the world every you know every time you turn around there's an ar- archaeological site or find of a a being or a temple that outdates any preconceived notion of what we thought time was so right, and right, it right. yeah so
0: it's true and and there's lunar calendars and there's solar calendars and the western astrology is definitely a solar calendar which is typified more in a masculine sense but by by a more masculine sense but um or the sun solar male whatever we can that's a whole nother wormhole but it it is interesting to think about just as a way to get closer to earth cycles and thinking about how earth cycles you know plant cycles work um but i really like what you just said where it's like we are this week if, if, if this is kind of a nugget i think this week we are spiritually and i think emotionally the most hungry and then that we are the most hungry this week. And then beginning on March 20th, your birthday, spring equinox, there's like, I-, I used this word earlier in the podcast, hope. There's like hope. Like we get glimpses of like, oh my God, I'm going to be able to eat again. And, and we're not meaning literally, right? Like we're, we're, you know, the whole thing is like, let's eat regularly. But on a deeper spiritual level um, and conscious lo- consciousness level, like we're going to be fed more and of course parts of the world including where you're at there will just be more light spring it's spring forward today um yeah. as we're recording so there just is also more light which is more energy available ultimately yeah.
1: it is more energy available in the northern and southernmost parts of the uh world and that's it like we get we are, uh, you know, a sun, moon, planet, star being. That's a whole thing too. Is like people are like, oh, we're made of stardust. This is so amazing. <laughs> I'm like, that's that's really amazing. That is really amazing. Also, you're made of the earth yes. and all of the elements that are yeah. in balance here. And yes. also, the earth is a star. Yes. yes, the earth, even even like the terrain, the tierra, the the um, a celestial being <laughs> it's like we get so like oh oh this little piece i'm like that little piece is part of a spiralic hole <laughs> yes and you know it's just good to i think these are these are the teachings coming through me that i'm beginning to lean into learn into embody and walk the path of the priestess of it's just um as our mind gets blown about one little aspect it's also like well of course of course that, you know, and I'm, I'm also loving that you've got the earth in the background, got Venus in the background <laughs> yeah. coming in from some celestial yes.
2: energies.
1: Yes. So we're both, you know, we're both these beings and the, the piece and the teaching about coming back into the body with awareness, nourishing the mind and the body. So the spirit can thrive is about writing our relationship with earth, yes, with our systems of consumption with our with our relationship to consumerism to production to composting to these pieces of us that are you know our earth is so essential our soil earth wide is in a state of degradation that is not looking good yeah. and we um, have you know the the mindset that is fueling the more powerful, systems and trajectories at this moment are not in relationship with the fact that the sun feeds us. Yeah. We literally, everything that we eat and are put in our bodies for nourishment yeah. is a synthesized sunlight. Yeah. you Eat an orange and you can see that a little bit more because it's like liquid sunlight, but yeah. every- <laughs> <laughs> when you're eating meat, we're eating and we're eating the meat from animals whose bodies evolved to transform grasses into proteins and vital uh, vitamins that we need for our bodies that we can't, we don't necessarily digest straight from the plant world.
0: We can't go just eating grass all up in the fields all the time. Yeah, no.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And there's just, yeah, it's not going to serve you. Not at no. the, I mean, there are. I do believe that there are levels of consciousness where people can subsist off different things, but yes. you know, that, that's a whole different.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like I, I remember when I was like, "Yoga is not going to fix." You know, it's like yoga is not going to be the thing that fixes it all. For for going to yoga classes, not going to fix everything. Yeah. So, yeah, yes. We are earth. We are earth body. That's, that's the name of my website or that's the name of my coaching platform at the moment. Um, but it's, um, earth body home.
0: Yeah. Yes. And I, I think this week it's especially important. Uh, and I hear, you know, again, you embody this energy because this is where your moon is. It's this degree of this week. Um, just being, taking a lot of self-care and slowing down this week before we shoot off into spring you know, take a really slowing it down, um, being more present in the body. I love what you said about waking up and taking a few moments to just do a little self-analysis. An- an- um, do you have any things that you're going to put into practice this week or or even just to share with the audience? Like, what are you doing this week that's a, like a self-care thing? I just think about late degrees Pisces and I'm like, this is the time to take care of the baby. More that It's more important to take care of the baby than ever before we shoot off into the new year. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Um, Well, one thing I'm not really, I'm not cleansing and fasting right now in my life, the way that I used to, in large part, because I'm, um, I'm healing uterine fatigue and blood imbalances. So that is really the, the newer kind of awareness and teachings around that is more like consistent nourishment. Um, Today is a day called Ekadashi um, Um. in like Vedic teachings and practices. Mm. And it is a day that aligns with, um, fasting. And the Mm. the thing is, is that the the reality is the teaching is, is that each one of our biophysiological systems has an intelligence of a day or that it is good to just refrain from, um, consuming and digesting, because it gives the endocrine system, the whole biophysiological, uh, body a reset, and you get mm-hmm. to assimilate information a little bit differently. Um. However, most people are not sensitive enough to understand where this placement is within their own biophysiological system and the placement of the stars. So 11 days after the new moon and 11 days after the full moon is practiced as Ekadashi as a structure so mm. that people can just tune into that. So it's like, you can tune into that, or you can tune into your body, yeah. um, but you fast and your mental water fast uh, from, dinner to dinner the next the the day of and I what I've been doing is just decreasing my intake Intake. um but I nourishment on a consistent basis is is actually like is my form of taking care of myself right Mm -hmm. now and I'm Mm -hmm. seeing really big shifts and um I don't have anything particularly planned but what I will say is that this whole annual annual cycle for me I've just gone about integrating um, ceremony and devotion on a daily basis on a whole new level. There is a gathering on the 19th, and I will probably go to the gathering to be with people and to yes. be in that uh, kind of uh, feeling of um, of Ostara um, mm. and celebration. Um, and But I have been attuning to my own hormonal cycles on such a deep and precise level, um, this last several since the beginning of the year, that I'm actually going in, I know exactly where I am each part of my cycle and I'm learning more and more about the
2: um,
1: the physiology of what's going on, and I have a different candle and a different altar for each period of my cycle, and I'm tuning into that with specific prayer. Um, and so talking of speaking of like, and, and a lot of this is to heal imbalances that were affecting my fertility cycle, which are greatly overlooked in, in the world right now, many imbalances that, uh, women are dealing with are overlooked as normal because they're common, but normal does not mean healthy. It just means that the imbalances are starting pain, clots, fibroids, getting things taken out. um, menopause being this like get dried up and wrinkly and don't enjoy sex kind of thing this whole, yeah. these whole these these stories and these teachings this paradigm of the feminine really shifting that and healing my my fertility cycle mm. so you know there's this um from where what i was doing 7 years ago that maybe it was more like punctuated by a moment in right. the year and these moments are important for sure, but I am grounding them more deeply into a synthesis of the daily cycle and the reality of like, how am I, this new, new idea that I've come across in my, my priestess training is feeding the feminine. Oh, I love that. Like she just is so hungry. You know, we're hungry <laughs> for sacred talk as, uh, Clarissa Pinkola Estes says, and, and the feminine is so hungry for our devotion. Mm-hmm. Um, so feeding the body and caring for the body on a daily basis becomes the new devotion. Um, and I've been, instead of feeling like I, this pressure, this neuroses to do a specific in particular, right thing. I'm starting to align a little bit more deeply, you know, in synergizing that daily presence. So yeah. and keeping that really sacred. Um, so that's I would I'm just gonna speak that into like that's what's happening. And I have a huge list of like dreams and desires and manifestations that I've been working on for this whole last moon cycle. So that's all very present in me too. Amazing.
0: Yeah. And I was gonna say I, I when you said feeding the feminine, it, it's interesting. It's like very um aligned with a lot of the teachings I've been looking at just for the year of 2022 in terms of obviously decolonizing all the intense um, trauma around anything that is quote unquote feminine or falls under that, but just really leaning into um, reparenting yourself in, in a way that is very maternal, like really like taking time to be like, you're good like it's all good we don't you don't need to uh, it's it's counterbalancing in a lot of ways how each and every one of us in the western world at least has been trained to be like I have to go and grab life by the horns I have to go and like uh assert myself in a very young energetic way of like I don't have time to be tired I don't have time to be stressed out I don't have time you know like I'm gonna just check out or short circuit and that's where the addiction comes in. That's the addiction piece is like, I'm going to use all these addictions to make, to to keep moving forward in the machine. And what I hear you saying is like, slow down, like re- remother yourself in a way, like come back, come back to it. And that goes into all the things we've been talking about with the earth as well. And the soil, it's very interesting. The last thing I'll say just to kind of tag onto that is that in the Jewish cycle, we are currently in what's called a Shemitah year and a Shemitah year um, happens. It's the the Jewish calendar is different. It starts more so in kind of depends, but it starts more so in September timeframe and runs until September of 2023-ish um, when Rosh Hashanah happens. But basically the Shemitah year is the year where you actually leave, it's every seven years and you leave the soil fallow. Like you leave the soil alone. You do not plant for a year. You take an entire year off and you do not plant seeds. So on, an, on a spiritual and energetic level, the Jewish people are like, this is a year to kind of like slow down and chill out. It's not really a year to try to plant all your seeds in this ground that needs to rest. It needs to rest right now. So, what do you do in the resting period? And I, and I, and really, I, well, that's what a lot of what I hear you saying is like, especially this week at the end degrees of Pisces, like, we're not supposed to be, I, t- I told, I talked about this at the top of the podcast. We're not supposed to be like coming out guns blazing this week or trying to approve ourselves or prove an identity. Pisces is about self undoing. This is a week to just like be really present in the resting and the like getting to know yourself on a deeper, more soul level. Um, not so much about what your ego desires, but just about being really present in the body, being a big baby and, and treating yourself like a baby in like a really loving way.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the last thing to hand it over to you one more time, how do folks get in touch with you? I will say one thing before you go into that. I, every coaching session I've had with Megan has been really, really profound. I am, uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm very, very open in general, but I also think that I give a lot of pushback in my healing process. We all do. Our egos are like, I don't want to heal. I don't want to feel the pain. Um, and you have been so patient with me through my process. <clears throat> and when I look back at all the work I've done in regular kind of talk therapy with other folks, um, your work in contrast with me has been a quantum leap. Like I've done so much healing with you in such a a, a just a much shorter amount of time because you're so present. Um, I mean, of course, our designs work really well together, but I think re- regardless of, of you and I specifically, I just want to say to the audience that your, your, your presence is unparalleled in, in terms of people I've met on this planet. And being, being with somebody right now, instead of like on the social medias and, and trying to figure out what everyone else wants, being present with another person is life. It's life transforming and it's the work we need right now. It's the medicine we we need right now. So I have had that with you every single session and I've loved it. Um, And I'm sure I will actually come back to you for coaching sessions. I'm positive of that. So how do folks get in touch with you? You know, what kind of work do you do? Do you want to spend a little time talking about that just really briefly before we um, end the episode?
1: Yes. Thank you so much for that introduction to my work and for, elaborating on the ways that I've helped you to shift as well and I will help you to love your ego (laughs) and that's part I would say that's part of the secret sauce is that um I I really see the ego as a essential aspect of our emotional psychological and spiritual maturity so I'll have you keeping a hold of that and rocking that into something golden if we if we walk together um so i have a website it's meganjoymay.com m-e-g-a-n-j-o-y-m-a-y.com my six-week sessions would probably be the best way to start working with me and you can go right in there and get linked up for a introductory call with me. I can hear what you're working with and we can decide if it's a good fit to work together. I also have a course that I'm putting together called Cycle Consciousness Primer that I'm going to be launching in the next month or two. So I, I we're working with the slow, you know, I was like, I keep saying, I'm going to launch it on this particular day. And the more that I do the work into it, it there is just this deep slowing down process. I slow down, I keep going. Uh, nuggets. And I'm like, oh, this is part of this course. And this is the Mm. teachings that are going to come forward here. And now it's more integrated in my body and it's going to really come through in a more um, authentic place. So that's, uh, if you don't want to deal with social media, I have that website. And if you are on social media, you can find me at Megan Joy May art. And I also have my coaching platform, which is earth body home underscore coaching this word
0: oh underscore coaching earth body yeah. home underscore coaching okay
1: yes yes so those are some ways to be in contact with me and um I'm in a I'm not on the social med- media so much right now I'm in a situation where like access to internet is not as useful as in the city because I'm secluded on an island um, and I'm navigating how to have like the healthiest relationship with that. Like I, I want to interact with folks and I think that what will end up happening is I'm just going to have like one of my, this kind of situation where I have my own platform because I'm that big and I have that much to give and that way I don't have to depend on these, you know, Modalities that are not quite in alignment. So yeah, that's yeah. how you can work with me. Right now, some things that I'm thinking about and wanting to work, um, I, I work with, uh, I'm a certified spiritual coach. I have tools that integrate uh, higher self, uh, relationship with spirit, ritual, and religion. So that can look like transitioning your faith and your religion or trying to reconnect to something that feels like it's coming from the depths of your being in your heart so that you can feel resourced in spirit on a regular Regular basis. And I also am coaching a lot with creatives that mm-hmm. are building their identity as a creative in the world. And they need that accountability and that reflection that there is a way to exist in this world and make money as a brilliant creative. And you don't have yes. to go get an alternative job that has nothing to do with the things that you love and that your creativity is your gift in this world and we need it. So yes. that's a And I definitely grounded in the body. Uh, There are going to be tools that come out of this about how to be present with your, with your muscles, with your skin, with your thoughts, Mm. and um, find more, a greater breadth of resource of, of being in the body. um, And that's going to grow. I have this beautiful trajectory of where I see all my our, uh, my work growing into as I continue to learn. The great piece about working with me too is like I'm learning all the time with this somatic facility program, so I'm just like bringing this like fresh breath of of resources around how to be in the body and how to come home. Um, To the experience of that and so that's going to be that's going to be a big piece of working with me so if you're trying to address depression anxiety um overwhelm in terms of what it feels like to be in your body i'm going to help you out and feeling uh capable of of addressing some of that stuff and getting on the other side of it
0: yeah the last thing i'll say before we hop off is that the somatic work that you and i have done through phone calls through zoom um has been so deeply helpful and key and it has differentiated all the work I've done in talk therapy. You've, you're really bringing it down into the body, even over the phone in a way where I'm like, oh, this is, I'm able to integrate some of the harder psychological stuff because we did this section of somatic work at the beginning, or we did somatic work in the middle of the session. Just really powerful how we are. We forget that you know the the body is is the mind is in the body. It's a vessel, and um, you can unlock information from every single part of the body. So that's why you have to do that kind of work. Yeah,
1: yeah, and coaching is really about being with the present moment. You know, that's a big differentiation between coaching and psychotherapy. Whereas psychotherapy might deal with deeper traumas and older hurts um, and, and coaching is like, what's happening right now in the present moment, what's blocking you from being, you know, who you are dreaming yourself into being. And that works so beautifully with somatics because somatics is all about being present with what's in the moment. And it's, and it is about, you don't have to rehash the story of the trauma and the blocked information over and over again, the healing can actually happen through slowing down and finding resource and being with what is.
0: Yeah. And having a coach help and guide you and keep you accountable. I think that that's a big part of the process. Yes. Mm -hmm. I keep thinking you're not going to find this on, you're not going to find this on Instagram scrolling, you know, like the connection and the depth and the intimacy that we all are yearning for after this last two years, it is about connecting. To me, I'm like, oh, Taurus, connecting one-on-one, connecting one-on-one, touching, learning how to have this kind of touch. Uh, if it's not physical touch on a coaching session, it's just the fact that I, I sometimes get off a session with you and I'm like, I just got to spend an hour with her. Like, that's amazing. You know what I mean? And, and you were just so present with me and it, it is healing that that process itself is healing. Um, so I think that that's the, I'm dropping that there for everyone to think about, like you're not going to find it scrolling, you know, it's yeah. about connecting with other people, really connecting with other people and being like radically present with other people.
1: And that's it's that's you know one of the things I find is when I'm on Instagram and I'm like wow this is actually making me feel
0: this way yeah (laughs) yeah down down yeah 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 like I'm
1: connection the connections not this I'm reaching I need connection and it's not here and and I did want to speak into this part too because I feel like this is really contemporary at the moment like we're dealing with um. Our nervous systems um readjusting to a shifted world because of the pandemic. And so yeah. there are really specific and we're also dealing with a world where now there's a lot of we're, all, we're there's always a level of war going on in the world. That's yeah. just something yeah. to be aware of and yes. part of this is a new war that's happening between Ukraine and Russia and it is also particularly being amplified by media sources. Yeah. And yeah you know, there's a design and that's good to know what's happening in the world, but there's also, you know, like a fear propaganda and how Mm -hmm. that adjusts you into your embodiment and how that makes you controllable. Um, But something that I've been hearing a lot about that I'm interested in helping people with if they're feeling like they need to reach out around this is like how to start to enter back into the world, into the workforce, into social situations. So there's a particular kind of anxiety depression and yearning, you know, there's this, Mm. there's this like, Oh, I want to connect with people, but I'm afraid and socially awkward and I'm, I'm feeling isolated, but I need to step out and I don't know how to do it. And it is really about taking baby steps and coaching right now around that. I think can be really useful. And I know
0: around the re-entry you're coaching around around the re-entry of like back into civilization. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Re-entry coaching that is about taking it as slow as your body is capable of taking it without overriding your nervous system. Because um, Stephen Porges spoke into this in a recent podcast that I heard with him post, you know, post this two year period. And he was like, our nervous systems have had a reset to one degree or another, not everybody's been able to just be sequestered in their homes. But there is no matter what, this was a global shift in our social operating systems. And so the nervous system has had a serious reset. And he himself has said that he's a professional Mm
2: -hmm.
1: scientist, and he himself said that he's actually he's slowing down and pulling back from some, like, you know, some people are like, let's get this going. Let's get the businesses going. Let's get connected. And he's been pulling himself back from certain obligations and, um, conferences and things like that, because he's like, my nervous system's not ready. Yep. So if you're, Brilliant. Help about listening to your nervous system and understanding what kinds of steps and the speed to take to reintegrate into the workforce, into the social life. That's a really to get some coaching on right now, and I'm a hundred percent available for that. That's a, a little piece.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that social operating system. That is resonating so deeply. And it is, it is, this is an integral moment where we're, we are coming back out into the world and having, you know, I'm just letting all the listeners know, having Megan's support is invaluable. Um, And I'm feeling that just even personally, as someone who is such an extrovert, I'm, 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 I'm recognizing that my system is getting uh, readjusted and it is definitely a process and going back to the first episode of this podcast, taking it slow, just taking it nice and slow taking it nice and slow this year well Megan thank you so much I I mean I really hope I get to see you next week here on the same podcast we'll see if we can get her one more time Um, and well many more times but maybe next week would be great uh, to talk about Aries season which is going to be a whole different vibe and um, yeah thank you thank you for sharing everything and do you have any last thing you want to say before we hop off
1: I feel complete thank you so much Um, it is always a pleasure to commune and converse with you and yeah let's we will continue to incorporate and create content together because it's good for us and it's good for the world
0: yes and i will link uh, all of megan's um social media and website in the description box uh on anchor and you can probably find it on all the other websites that you listen to podcasts as well so you can reach her there. And uh, thank you for joining us on the World of Rex. We are both sending you a lot of love.
2: Bye, everyone.